Welcome back to Webology, my students. Thanks y'all for coming back to class. I am your normal Professor Ricky today. I had nothing for this. <laughs> this is a surprise to me, a normal professor. The first time he hasn't been sweaty or, um, what was it? Moist. What was the last one? The like, sugared up. Or no. The la- yeah, sugared the up last, or something like the that. The last one was halved. We were halved because we were sharing microphones All right. like a cute pair of professors, obviously. I'm Ethan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Today is um, honestly one of the most special episodes we've had in a long time. And I know Pat's going to roll in his non-grave for hearing this because he was just on the last (laughs) one. And I don't know if we gave him such an illustrious induction, frankly. He's been on three times. I think he's had his time. (laughs) I know. He's had his go. He's He's got his goat. But today we have a very very special guest one that i consider a expert in the space i am so fresh to so he is a breath of intellectual fresh air on the show for this topic we have eddie from anime compost on the show everybody Hello. what's up eddie what's yeah up? i don't know if i can live up to that introduction <laughs> you, you already have well, you're an actual doctor so that helps. Oh, I, you i'm not have. a i'm not yeah. a doctor i'm a jd Ah, that's oh, that's that's right. <laughs> Juris doctor, that's right. <laughs> it's in the name. So maybe let's let's take yours away. I know, because you clearly didn't know that. <laughs> For the record, I'm considered retired. <laughs> I I submitted my paperwork to just say that I'm retired because I never practiced law. <laughs> See, in my yeah, but in my head, you know what? Yeah. JD still means you're a doctor. I'm giving you the props regardless of whether you feel All you right. deserve them. I'm going to I'm going to yeah, uh, report to the front lines of the covid fight and be like I'm a doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here to help. There's a lot of different types of doctors, guys. <laughs> See in my head I hear retired, but my heart says you've prestige. You max leveled. You've you've already hit all <laughs> there is to be. And then you're just like, you know what? I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. There's no more he to go. He changed his job oh. class. Yeah, he changed his job class. New new He's game shifted. plus. Yeah, he's going on new Game Plus mode now. I love that. Um, but how have you been lately? I actually caught up on Anime Compost, and yeah, your recent episodes have been fantastic. I, Thank you. Uh, I really love the the God of Episode and Decadence episode because... It's definitely been a change of pace, though. Yes, it has. Oh, for... I you mean for our better. shows? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. So... so I mean, you guys had mentioned this in your last episode, but it seems like you want to change to a more of a, like, kind of get to know the community sort of feel, which was early anime compost was like that at different cons and stuff right, like that. Right. Um, th- th- then it became sort of more like anime of the the you know, I guess semester or whatever you want to <laughs> right, call it right. season. Yeah, we were we we're just trying and, to and keep now up. it feels like you guys are headed back. Yeah, we we're just trying to keep up with the seasons. Uh especially I think with COVID, I think we had to change a lot of things, especially because we couldn't go anywhere and we didn't have uh as much of that opportunity to have those shared experiences. So and I think in a way it's my fault because I brought on the whole you're <laughs> stuck with it concept. <laughs> <laughs> Which in retrospect was oh, not uh, executed properly, and I think it brought on a lot more grief uh, amongst us. I told you how to fix it, <laughs> and then you guys were like, "Yeah, we're gonna bring it back," and then you did not what I said. <laughs> we, we definitely talked about it. Like you really, I honestly think you're stuck with it. Was one of my favorite segments. I know that's just a personal feeling, but I, I know that 
you know, forcing your cohorts to watch shows they don't want to while looking at all the time they could be spending watching these dope-ass shows that are coming out, I can understand why maybe there would have been a little bit of a residual animosity of that segment being <laughs> in your lives. So I, I get I get the reasoning, even if I personally love that segment. So so I, I think, and this is, this is literally just like us kind of waxing philosophic on podcasting and, and, you know, this kind of thing. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's sort of like you did, you did worst of weeb on steroids. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, if we were doing a worst of weeb, that was 24 episodes, i.e. like pastel memories oh, times two. Oh my God. Flashbacks. I'd probably kill myself. Well, yeah. Flashbacks. It's funny it's that the, you mentioned that oh. because the, the initial inspiration for that was, uh, I think there was a podcast called The Worst Idea Ever, and the crew would watch every week. It was 52 episodes, and every week they would watch Grown Ups 2 and talk about the the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard of, I think I heard about this where people would watch like a really. Sh- I think there's a couple podcasts like that because Headgum has one that's similar to that where they watched a really shitty movie every single time, and it was just like kind of their progression into the abyss of insanity and like episode 35 is there is just nonsensical because they just have know every second of this trash movie right. so you kind of brought a little slice of that into you're stuck with it so you know if i think yeah go for it but i think i feel like if you guys had approached it like a mystery science 3k kind of situation where you watch it and then you just yeah, trash yeah. on it it would have been less draining, <laughs> like long term. No, I agree. I think it would have been a, a good format for something like uh, YouTube or Watch with Us or that sort of thing. Um, and I think it would have been a good format for maybe uh, a podcast like yours. Uh, I think that you guys have uh, a different kind of chemistry that I, I really enjoy for different reasons than the chemistry that we have. Um, and I think that you guys have that sort of like. Uh, I guess you could say banter down really well. And for us, it's it's like slightly different tone. So maybe we just didn't handle it well. But uh, either way, we're just like looking to expand because we have grown to really enjoy talking to guests and the community and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally agree. I, yeah. I cannot tell you how excited I am, though, for the new direction. Yes. Because I think you guys seem to have the portion that we have, you know, a little bit let's just say we've struggled with, which is like reaching out to different people around like adjacent communities. You guys seem to have that pretty much down. It's all Paul. (laughs) So I'm, (laughs) well, I mean, he's a social butterfly, right? I love that. You know, it's, it's funny because he's, he's, I feel like he is a slightly reclusive, like kind of, I am, I'm a total homebody. And so is, uh, uh, I guess not Susie, but Paul is just, uh, so multi-talented right he's like this this renaissance man so he gets to touch a lot <laughs> yes. of different subcultures and things like that so uh and he's he's good at making friends he's a good friend in general oh i like to hear that i mean i think that's where me and ethan we are like we've been friends for as long as you know time in memoriam and like but him and i <laughs> in terms we literally since time began <laughs> since since the eras were new friends were there and like for me i i can't stress enough how much like being recluse in these past months have driven me literally up a fucking wall but 
Ethan has felt, in my opinion, so at home, like nothing has changed. And I'm like, how can you live? Like, teach me your ways. I need this. You're <laughs> well. You're, so I think yeah. it would have been different, right? If we weren't doing a podcast and I wasn't going to grad school. Yeah. Right. Um, surprise! I'm in grad school. If I've never said it on the podcast, but uh. I've said it in a lot of sidebars, but never like on the actual show. But anyway, so I've I've been like mad busy. So I think that's definitely helped. Um, you know what I mean? Like I feel like a lot of people that struggled were people that kind of rely on going to work every day for like a lot of their social interaction. And then say they go to like a happy hour or something most nights, like they would be fucked in a pandemic, right. you know? Guilty. And for me, absolutely guilty. For me, you know, I, like my day is pretty freaking ridiculous. Like it's annoying. I go to work, I come home, I study. Maybe I'll play like COD for an hour or two, and then uh, yeah, let's do it again. You know, <laughs> or or say we record a podcast, right? And so um, I I don't know. I think just like I've stayed extremely busy, which has definitely helped. And you know, I think you know when when people have idle time <laughs> they start losing their minds yes. i think that was a little bit what was going on with you early on but i think you've you've definitely pulled yourself out of it so i'm very <laughs> proud of that and what it, what it was was definitely i mean it, with you know eddie can actually attest to this when in a tech in a technical or computer science uh, related career you really can do your job anywhere with a laptop and wi-fi so transitioning to like working from home was so casually easy to do from the beginning because like no efficiency was lost in my opinion, right. but my mental state was crumbling at, at just the precipice, <laughs> the precipice of the abyss. I fell into the void. There was an entire saga of me digging my ass out of the void. But now recently I'm like, screw it. No one's going to the office. If anything, I'm safer there than my own apartment with a roommate. So you know what? I'm going to go back to the office and it's changed everything dramatically dramatically it helps it, it really does help it does yeah. yeah i meant to ask you eddie uh, how's it been you know in the whole quarantine with a kid how's that i been? mean i i have two kids and it's essentially i oh right yes i i had to quit my work my job because uh so my my son was starting uh, kindergarten the oldest son and then i have a one and a half year old and uh we couldn't really get a babysitter to just come like someone from outside of our our family group so it only made sense for me to quit so um i'm i'm also busy but i'm going out of my mind because i i you know <laughs> i'm introverted so i need alone time to recharge and i'm never alone anymore i'm locked in with the inmates and i, I can't get away <laughs> from these people <laughs> <laughs> you've become a trophy you gotta dad. find a find a way to take like an hour for a run or something i mean i've been i've been working out and, and things like that but um my kind of like my main stress stress re- uh, relief method is, is i can't do it and so i used to do jujitsu and it's one of the most like right, dangerous right. things to do right now right <laughs> <laughs> so much close contact to, all the sweat all the sweat all the yeah. all the breasts yeah all the grapple moves. It's literally a Petri dish of violence. <laughs> Licking eyeballs. You know, that whole nine. <laughs> hey, that's a viable jujutsu strategy. And I don't, don't quote me on that. But, yeah. you know, I imagine. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> so, so when I, when I watched, uh, when I was reading Solo Leveling and I saw him going into the gates and I'm like, I fucking need that. I need, <laughs> I need to go. I, just need I need to go into a gate and they're like, uh, where the fuck is 
you know, this guy. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I need to go off to a gate somewhere. <laughs> I need an S Yeah, key. until you found out what happens inside the <laughs> gates, right? <laughs> then you're like, oh, fuck. I think that's what he's saying, right? Is that he knows what happens inside those gates. And even still, it seems like an attractive yeah. option. Yeah, compared- Ethan, you don't have kids. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> But that's actually a beautiful segue to what we were talking about today. You know, people that may have been watching YouTube today notice that there is a worldwide outage of YouTube. But thank God what we're talking about is not video. It's not animated. It is straight up manwa, specifically solo leveling. Kind of the talk of the town right now in the whole manwa space. Eddie, I don't know if that was an over-exaggeration, but just from the forums I looked at in the last couple of days... (laughs) It kind of seemed like everyone's pretty fucking hype on solo leveling. Is it the last couple of days? I I have I actually have no idea because I do not read manhwa generally. But uh, Ethan kind of messaged me and said that I should read it, and he 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 had a bold claim and he said this might be my favorite IP of all time. And I was like, all right, fuck, I gotta I gotta read it because. You know, I can't yeah. I can't I can't take that lightly. <laughs> I'm a sneaky little devil, aren't I? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I told that to Ricky as well. You did. And I, okay, I, I got to say too, it was like from honestly chapter 15 onward, I think the claim as of now is a bit exaggerated, but not by much. This IP is fucking crazy and it is so well thought out that it tickles every shonen bone in my body. There isn't a trope missed and refined. It's such a very very mature feeling shown in in terms of understanding the space that it's in and the story it's telling but i mean i, I don't know let's dig into it because i mean it's <laughs> i've been doing nothing all my free time has been binging it all the way up to the most recent <laughs> at least season one chapters so absolutely worth it though right it is honestly it was like i couldn't put it down shit even i had a I had a technical coding demo today and on the actual call, I was reading chapter 95. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop. It was literally like a drug. Dude. Okay. If anyone from work is hearing me right now, I didn't say this, but I read it at work so much. (laughs) I know. I know. It felt more attractive than making money at the moment. That's how weird. Well, I mean, I was still making money. That's the crazy thing. (laughs) I read so much that I gave myself a migraine. Like I, I can't look at, at screens for that long, but I was so hooked <laughs> that I gave myself a migraine and I was like just laid out for a half day and it was it was still <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Holy Wasn't it? Shit. Okay. Okay. So so instead of the you know, this the circle um enjoyment we're having <laughs> right now, I'm just gonna talk a little bit about like kind of where I knew the story from and then also why I decided to pick it up essentially. Yes, please. Yes, please. So um basically I had heard about solo leveling probably like a year ago, which is probably a year after it started like its actual webtoon like serialization. Yep. Um I'm looking here on the the Wikipedia that that I am indeed correct. Um <laughs> but yeah so I did see it early and it, and it's that picture I sent I think both of you guys of that that like kind of insane smile that one yes character yes. has the grinning god yes. So I actually found out on YouTube just randomly kind of like trolling around the like manga anime manhwa space right because you know I try to stay up onto this stuff and you know some of the 
content creators that I, you know, enjoy in those spaces kind of had mentioned this probably a year and a half, two years ago. Scamboli reviews mentioned it at some point. Absolutely. I I definitely saw that as well. Um, But also, you know, I just saw the art style. I instantly was like interested. And then also I saw like, you know, people saying like, this was a year ago, how insanely good it was. Like, like also saying, you know, this might be my favorite IP of all time kind of stuff. Right. (laughs) You know, a little, a little fantastic. (laughs) Got to get the boys involved. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then uh, basically, I so I've never read a manga in my entire life. I literally can't do it. I think the right to left is a joke. And it's also, to me, for a mobile device or something like that, just way too cramped on the page. And uh, I'm just like extremely too ADD to watch, to read something like that. Um, which you would think is weird because I, I literally read books all the time and it's just like straight up word walls right but i think it's just like all the like special effects and stuff that they write in kind of like all the you know movement panels quote yeah, unquote hard. and all that kind of stuff it's super hard. i, ju- I just yeah. couldn't do it but what spurred me on originally was god of high school this is so weird but everyone loved the show for some reason and everyone super loved the ip i didn't really love the show so i wanted to figure out if if i'm was missing something or, you know, if I'm just an idiot, you know? And boy, were and you so, missing something. Because I started, got out yeah, of high school so as well. I, yeah. Yeah, I read that. I read up to the end of season one in, in the show on the webtoon. And yeah, like like Ricky just said, it's completely different. Like, they actually explain oh, really? things. Like, everything actually makes sense. Yeah, and I mean... And, and I've been I've been serializing, you know, some of these... <laughs> These differences <laughs> on massive questions we've had through different uh, sidebar episodes for our Patreon, $3 and up, wink, wink, or <laughs> wink, through through like various episodes that we've done here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much that they explain in the actual, you know, webtoon that they don't even like really mention at all in the anime. And so I always kind of felt like they clearly think we know something that we don't, right? While I was yeah. watching. Yeah, and I mean that show. I mean, of all things, it we mentioned it in our God of High School episode that it was they they distilled all of the answers we wanted away from the fighting and the action. Which I mean, you know, in in kind of the same vein that sex sells, right? I mean, it's the it's the whole concept of action, you know, high octane uh, art styles and everything that's going to sell. And we see in the reviews and the viewership, it totally does. And something about soul leveling kind of picked up on that aspect. This IP is high octane as absolute fuck. And I mean, the art style too, I kind of got a very deep bleach thousand year blood orc blood arc vibe from the art style, kind of a refined, uh, Kubo kind of feel, for the art style, so I was really into the aesthetic, but I wanted to bring up the fact that, like, it feels like the way Ethan was talking about manga being this, like, written paneling uh, version of that medium, this is built first, foremost, and only for scrolling. Yep. It's meant to be scrolled, and it's such a beautiful, like, merging of this older comic style with this understanding that you're going to probably be reading this 9.5 times out of 10 on a cellular device. And they built 
this art style around it. I, I Eddie, I feel like you probably picked up on that and it probably elevated your experience. Yeah, you know? no, I, I totally agree because this is the first manhwa that I actually read all the way through. And I I also had problems with... I, I try to read God of High School and... Um, Tower of God, just because of how you yeah. know, how popular they were, and the, we have the animes that uh, kind of got released this year. But I always had problems mm-hmm. because they all feel flat. It's like it's ve- manhwa in general is very digital first. So, like you said, the format mm-hmm. is um, very scroll friendly. But I th- also think that the coloring isn't done by hand. I think it's done digitally. So the textures always felt a little bit flat to me. But solo leveling is like completely different. Um, and I'm sure there's other yeah. manhwa that I've missed that maybe do this sort of thing uh, in the same way. But uh, Solo Leveling is the first one that I uh, took a chance on reading just because Ethan said it was the best thing ever. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't ignore that hype, man. You can't ignore that hype and, at all. Yeah, and I'm, I think that the scrolling <laughs> is super interesting because I always thought that like you know manga it's really hard because when you're looking at a page it feels like you gotta work through a maze but when you're reading it when does you're reading manhwa, yeah. it feels like you're on a conveyor belt and you're just like if you're just oh, getting like a singular experience it. which is great and uh i love that you know any sh- they they use vertical space so interestingly like yes. seeing entire um i don't know you could say like just areas of black just to give you that sort of suspense and uh, mimic the pagination. Like sometimes, you know how um, yeah. they, Junji Ito does this really well where he will add yes. like um, some sort of surprise after a particular page so that you have to flip the page and you don't get spoiled by your like your peripheral vision. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, paneling in manga is truly an art. The greats, you right. know... The people who made like the big three and even like Junji Ito is a great example. You know, they have mastered the art of the page flip, right? You're not getting more information than you're allowed to see in one section. But I feel like solo leveling did that in the space that they were allotted, which they understood. It's scrolling. There is a beautiful, which we'll talk about plot and characters here in a second. But there is a fight, which I like to talk about in a little bit, where used maybe three thumb flicks for one scene of our main character and opponent to like literally flipping around the battlefield and it went from the back of the cave to the front past the people that were watching and it really gave a sense of speed and you know veracity that was just like Wow, like veracity, veracity, <laughs> veracity. Hey, we're not linguistics on this show. I make up words as I please, but you understood what I was saying. I, well, yeah, it's just funny because I say veracity a lot recently, and yeah, it's not a word. It means truth. Truth. Yeah. No, it is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is truth. The truth is, they use <laughs> their vertical confused. space. There's a lot of so ferocity. Good. So good. And so I got that sense of speed because I basically got to scroll as fast <laughs> as I wanted. Like, boom, they're at the bottom of the page. Like, I don't know. It, right. It, it, was, it was fantastic. And I, I don't think I've ever had a visual artistic experience like that when reading a manga because I've read a couple but this is the first manhwa I've ever read. So I've, I've never had an experience like this before. So it's very novel and unique. Yeah, so I just want to comment on this kind of, I guess the fluid mode. Like that's what I feel like when I read these webtoons versus when I tried to le- to read manga in the past. 
the the manga feels so mazy, like you said, and I'm always trying to like figure out, okay, which which you know dialogue bubble is higher, which dialogue yeah, yeah. bubble is, you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. it's just a little bit too much. But in this one, it's it's so um, I guess like systematic, which really you know flows with my engineer brain. Like basically, the the thing that's the highest on the page is what you read, and generally it's left to right. So it just like is super super easy. Um, but, but like you said, the, the kind of the flicking and then the spacing is absolutely unbelievable in this. Like a lot of times they would just add suspense by adding more space in between pa- like little, uh, I don't know what you would call them panels sort of. Can you even call them panels? Um, uh, that's the, the fascinating thing. They're not even really panels. It just feels like one continuous flow of story, it, which is just toilet paper. Yes, but in, in a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just toilet paper, but, uh, flick it, boom. So as a result of my undying love for solo leveling, I've read actually a few more manwas, um, specifically in the webtoon kind of, um, let's just say, space. And I've noticed this is absolutely across different manwas as well. Like definitely one of the like, highlights, I would say, is this sort of like con- continuous stream almost. It does feel more like an episode, in my opinion, than like a, just a big blob on a, on a page like the manga right, feels right. like. Yeah. Um, it feels like you're you're kind of progressing through, and you're you're actually moving the scene, right? Like you're physically moving yeah. it. Yeah. So it does feel a little bit more like I feel more connected to it, and also uh, there's a few um, kind of IPs out there that have actually been using. You know, if you like look at a piece of paper and you add like different types of polka dots or lines when you move it, it actually looks like it's moving. Yeah. yeah. There's a few that have actually been incorporating that into their actual manhwa. So when you move the screen, it is actually moving, but it's not, if that makes Ooh, sense. Like it's that, a no, that's, that's optical trippy. illusion. Yeah, no, I've seen that. It's like a, zo- it's it's like like, a zoetrope, yeah. There's been a couple of areas, or at least in other manhwa that I've seen, uh, that when, when uh, they use gradients and then they transition from one color to another, as you're transitioning, it almost feels like a screen wipe. So it has that cinematic yeah. feel to it. Yes. It, 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 yes, but yeah. but I'm talking like an actual optical illusion, where it's like when you're moving the screen, it looks like it's alternating colors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of that flash. It's hard to explain, but I used to look at optical illusions all the time. <laughs> I just don't know what it's called. He was a magic but, eye yeah. boy for sure. That's that feels like a zoetrope. Hundred percent, like a zoetrope. <laughs> a zoetrope for that thing you spin and you look through the little slit, and you're only getting a piece of picture at a time, essentially like frames. That old school yes. feel. That's a zoetrope. So I feel like they've incorporated a digital zoetrope inside of their actual art, which is mind-boggling to me. All things considered, but but I think it just shows like the ingenuity of this kind of. I guess art form, right? Like, because I think these were born in forums, yeah, yeah, and uh, kind of elevated to like sort of a web novel, web serialization kind of. I don't know, market. What do you want to call it? <laughs> platform. Yeah, it's it's it, platform. I, I'd go with platform. Um, and uh, you know, I could see myself reading a ton of manhwa if they're all in this sort of like webtoon format and i just i cannot i still to this day am struggling heavily to read any manga at all even like like as much as i love tights kubo and all that the freaking death in the strawberry the first freaking volume is impossible for me to read (laughs) (laughs) and i i actually that's the one question that before you know 
Manuel discussion is concluded. I mean, do you guys honestly believe that after reading something like Soa Leveling or maybe other uh, Manuel you've experienced on a digital medium, do you think in time this sort of, you know, visual storytelling mechanic will make paper manga obsolete or is there too much of an investment in people wanting a proper paperback manga? Hmm. I I mean because I, I I feel like it's just it's just two different uh, types of media. I I mean I I think okay. there's so many. I just know so many people that when they are fans of getting the paperbacks and getting the volumes and uh, I I mean even me like I uh, watched and read uh, Promise Neverland. Uh, you know, both yeah. online and, uh, you know, like I, I watched the videos and I watched, um, I read these things online, but I also bought the paperbacks because I wanted to uh, share with my wife and she ended up reading it and she actually gotcha. liked it a lot. But there is some something magical about like holding a paperback or a real book. So I'm, I'm not sure that's um, like they're mutually exclusive. I got what you're saying. Okay. So you, you think, yeah. you think that they, neat like they're almost just kind of like the mangas kind of tickle the whole collective brain of humanity like you want to collect and keep those memories because if it was a uh, manga important to you you want to keep that on your shelf forever right you know right there's something physical about it okay i feel that i feel that well i think i think anime and manga fans in general are very collector oriented yes for sure do i know why that is i don't really understand i i don't know what like markers in humanity would make you a collector <laughs> Like I, I, I honestly, it seems like bro. most people that are into like pop culture and stuff like that are very into collecting. At least from from what I, you know, my immediate circle, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what this is going to do is it's going to be sort of a diaspora kind of effect for kind of spreading out manhwa and manga to more people. I think it's going to make it much more accessible to Americans who read left to right and you know i'm not trying to say we're dumb americans but i <laughs> i like genuinely my brain oh, hurts yeah, when i try to read yeah. right to left i'm kind of a dumb american i don't want myself in <laughs> i'm guy. not and it still hurts <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> no but I, I just think it's gonna it's gonna do a lot for the for the kind of the art form and medium as a whole um i think to to spread that out plus i don't think kids these days are as interested in like having actual paperback books and stuff like that like me personally, I can't, it's really hard to read a book that isn't, you know, paper that I can, you know, kind of flip the page. Right. And the whole reason is, is because I feel like I'm actually progressing as I see the pages stack up on the left rather than the right, right? right. And I, I just don't get the same, uh, the same dopamine response from seeing the number on the bottom of the page go up, you know what uh, I mean? So you need like a physical progress bar. Legit, <laughs> yes. like I, I'm literally a gamer like that. <laughs> I need to, I no, need to see uh, my but, stats. Yes. Well, because I've I have read like obviously ebooks. Um, yeah, right, right. And it just doesn't feel the same way that reading like a physical page does. Those, like progressing progression those, wise, those stats feel good, baby. They feel good. I mean, <laughs> and that kind of leads in the one thing I wanted to ask you, Ethan. You're you're the guy who got me and Eddie with such a bold claim as this might be my favorite IP of all time. So do you want to lead us into a quick little overarching like plot scenario? Like what, what let's hit the plot. Like what, <laughs> seriously, like what, 
makes yeah. this story <laughs> so good? What makes this story so good? Why should people read this? Like, what uh, set the stage for our students? They got to know. Okay, so to sell it, I'll just say first of all, I'm getting more and more confident that it is my favorite IP of all time. Wow! As these these chapters near the end here have been stacking up, I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there's just something about it, right? Like, I think it it distills what it means to be like a gamer, uh, you know, a, a kind of science fiction fan. But also it adds this sort of like really adult kind of aspect to it. Um, it's a gorgeous medium, obviously. Like whoever did the art here is unbelievable. I think that all the coloring is great too. Um, maybe some of the translations a little jacked. But as a story, like the basic idea of like basically the weakest person in the entire world mm-hmm. becomes... I guess the strongest person in the whole fucking world, right? But it's not like it's not like a complete Deus Ex Machina where he just like does it instantly. He like legitimately trains his ass off. He grinds his ass off, and we all, you know, as you're kind of scrolling through this this manoir, you're you're just feeling like all of his emotions. You're feeling all the struggle he's going through. Um, do I think? You know, this can be the best anime of all time, maybe, but it's going to take a lot of like, I think what makes this so special as a a kind of like, let's just say, um, I keep wanting to say book, but it's not a book. Uh, As a manhwa is, I think you, you, they're building him in such a way where they're not forgetting about all the little details. And me and Eddie have talked about this. Like they give him some like OP powers but they've already explained it like maybe 20 episodes before about like basically the precursor to this power. Right. I I don't know. Like it's really hard to explain why I love it so much. It's just, it feels like the most adult version of like, and realistic of like what could happen. Say you're given the, the ability of a gamer where you can level your abilities you know, just like the, the the general RPG kind of gamer feel. Yeah, I like th- I like that he's not strong from the start. Even even after those things change uh, to to make him right. to set him up to be the strongest character, uh, it's like he's not strong from the start. He's essentially like granted a glitch, um, so he's still weak, but he has to build up uh, strength over time. And I think taking us through that journey is super interesting. Um, and like you said, I think what's, what's interesting is that all of the different powers that end up kind of saving him in the, uh, you know, in the middle of the, you know, during some fights and then all of these kind of like weird, uh, I, I guess like skill interactions that come into play, they're explained early yeah. on. So I think that's always like really cool. Like it, you don't feel blindsided by these things or like um, like you said, it's a deus ex machina. Uh, it feels like things were there on purpose and that the author had uh, kind of a vision in mind as he was writing this thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is that I couldn't help but notice throughout reading this is what this felt like to me because I I have this instinctual thing where I always like what animated they pull from right because it's definitely a 2020 work they did not come at this without 
being well versed in what would make an IP so attractive to people that are genuinely in this space, this to me feels like a one punch man if we get to see his three years before he goes bald. Right. Because <laughs> and that it and no and listen, that's that's not that's not unfounded. If you remember this our main character Sung the Junwo, Daily Quest. Basically the Daily <laughs> yeah. Quest is literally Saitama's training regimen. It's literally 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, 10K run every day. If he doesn't do it, he gets punished. That is kind of a, you know, that's telegraphed to be like, I know who is reading this. I know you. I know that you know this realm of medium, whether it be anime or manga or whatever. I'm here to build an IP that you are going to enjoy. And I think, honestly... Even prior to that, even all the cool shit that happened that gave him all those things, it was that moment for me that I'm like, whoever wrote this <laughs> knows exactly who they're like they're talking to. And for me, that was very, you know, engaging. Like it was a, a connection point, a meta connection point, if you will, for me to this IP. And that's where I kind of really locked it in, you know. Yeah, so I'm going to blow your minds in a bit. I'm going to blow your absolute gourds. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> later. But... Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to add a couple more things about why I think it, it might be the best. And and I think it has a lot to do with kind of the same type of systems as like a one punch man, etc. Like the world is very robust and I think the the rules are very well established throughout, right? They're like I don't think any weird hell. shit happens. Yeah. Except for for him, which it all is explained why it's happening weird for him, right? Yeah. Versus like so basically the the basic basic backstory plot and this is like chapter one is Mm -hmm. there was an event called an awakening where like i think it's not even that much of the population like 10 percent or something awakens these abilities one in a thousand but some of them could be kind of shitty like they could be low low level but you know yeah so like potentially very low chance here i don't know what one in a thousand is 0.01 um, <laughs> sure and why, sure why not um so that much of the population has awakened these abilities and then these things called gates started appearing throughout the world so basically these hunters quote-unquote which are the awakened beings with their abilities were all ranked between e and s which is like a normal ranking system in like japan korea etc Right. And they're all kind of ranked based on their abilities and stuff like that. Pretty simple stuff. There's, you know, basic RPG stuff. There's the tank. There's the, you know, DPS. There's the healer. There's, you know, the magicians, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then each of these gates are then ranked by each individual kind of like world powers own hunters association. So there's a bunch in America, there's a bunch in China, there's a bunch in Korea, Japan, et cetera, et cetera. And we are obviously in, in Korea in this this kind of story because it's <laughs> Korean. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about it is there's like this very rich and kind of interesting like kind of socioeconomic dispute between all the different guilds and different um, countries. It seems like... Um, and and this is like not really that big of a spoiler, but each country is trying to steal away some of the best hunters from other countries. 
And so we're kind of we're kind of looking at it from the perspective of the Koreans who are looking to try to keep as many, you know, of their strong hunters in country as possible to help with the defense of Korea versus all these crazy gates because the gates are also ranked from E to S. And if you get an S rank gate, there's like very few that have ever really kind of succeeded um, being cleared. And the idea is if you don't clear it in X amount of time, the things within inside the gate, which are different level monsters and stuff like that, can come outside of the gate and wreak havoc on the real world. So it's just this very, very, I think, deep and vibrant kind of I don't, setting, right? Like, it's unbelievable. I don't know, like, how to really put it into words, but it really, like, plays to all of my, my, like, I don't know what you would call it, all my, like, weird machinations about having like everything ranked and ordered and like the cool say, names they come up for for so you things. want a cast like, system I, yes it needs to happen if you're s rank you're out. sick you're sick i think that's what it was man i think the gate thing really hit the nail on the head because it's like it is your sick rank <laughs> sick rank bro s is for sick but all things considered right it is High level stakes within the rules that they had set up, right? We have seen time and time and again shows that the stakes escalate wildly just to keep up with the power cliffing or whatever it may be. People will add stakes to a story just to give it a sense of conflict and depth, which oftentimes doesn't land as hard as a classic would if they managed to handle it well. This, in my opinion, handles it so well because they establish the rules and then they add stakes, right? They didn't tell us about an S rank uh, gate until maybe like a third of the way in. And you remember that gate on that island that people tried to close, failed, and the island was just lost. That gave stakes on a small scale, but then it showed that for the rest of the IP... Up until a certain point that an S rank gate can basically tank an entire country, right? Because there are so few people in the world that can actually manage to handle that. So they presented the stakes, they set it aside for a second, and then they brought it back to put it in the main stage. And it's brilliant to me when you can have high level stakes while still having progression feel very linear, very smooth, and very grounded in reality. So I was very happy with the stake use, yeah. It comes actually, like, I definitely agree with what you said, but I think it explained that there's stakes, but we don't get to really know about them until our our character has grown enough to where he can even, like, really be helpful. That's what I think is really interesting. Right. Because all those S-rank gates were still existing, and there was still this this massive, you know, I guess, appeal for humanity to deal with those in different areas, but he's just, like, not even close to strong enough basically for most of the IP to even really help, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't he- really like hear about S rank gates until he's in a sort of like striking distance of being able to help. Yeah. And that's what I think is really interesting. The stakes were mentioned, right? So they they tell us about that Juju Island. They tell us about like the different ranking gates, different ranking pl- uh, hunters. And so you can kind of extrapolate that to say, okay, well, I know there's D rank gates. I know there's C rank gates. I'm sure there's S rank gates, right? So it's not like it's not like the stakes didn't show up till the end. They were kind of there. We just didn't, like you said, get the full depth of what it means to have an S rank gate basically break out or whatever they call yeah, it. I like how they treated right. the whole S rank thing and the you know towards the end as well, um, where 
I think I think this is always a problem, right? Like as you're approaching the upper echelon of the power system, you're like, ah, like they're gonna hit a wall, and you kind of start getting a little nervous as a reader. Um, but essentially, they reveal that the S ranks are not. Uh, there's no gradation for S rank. S rank just means like unknown power limit, and you're like, yes. oh shit, okay, this is how they're opening up the world. Um, and they're right. like, oh, there's S, and then there's SS and SSS. Um, there's no limit to this. Uh, so I think that's uh, pretty cool. Um, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. I I think what's really also kind of I don't know, mechanically, what's driving a lot of this is uh, the fact that every every character, uh, or at least this world that they built, is largely deterministic. And this is something that I was asking Ethan about. Like, why are they training, right? I think in this world, you discover that you're uh, a ranked hunter and your power level doesn't go up or down. Like, you cannot improve. And I guess the ultimate power that this main character has is the ability to change um and yes yeah did you catch that like when they were getting ready for the big uh, uh kind of raid on the um, on the ant island they were like training <laughs> the kind the kind of ants. <laughs> <laughs> okay i wanted to bring that up too because it that's the the piece that i felt like they brought from hunter hunter it's weird that they felt like the big baddie was also ants and i'm like <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, I like the One Punch Man reference, but this is Hunter's Association. <laughs> really? Really? We're going to do that to him? Okay. I'm going to explain it, I promise. Okay, but uh, before you do that, I, I, want, I had two questions for Eddie about the main character. One plot-wise, one fun. Uh, well, well, wait I, a minute. Answer his question. Did you catch it? <laughs> I, 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 yes, I did catch that. I mean, it, it's it was evident even before that raid. I mean, you saw characters evaluate his power level and then literally go into an existential crisis like literally within days i saw this i saw sung again and i can't even keep up with them like the head of what's the what's the guild it's not the hunters but the other guild red-haired guy who can turn into a beast Um, white tiger the white tiger yeah yeah uh he was looking at him one day when he came out of the red gate like okay he might actually be a match for me but i could probably still beat him and then a couple days later after he went on to that whole demon quest he was like oh my god like is this truly someone who can break the bounds of this deterministic system and it threw Dude, him I was into a- losing my <laughs> shit yeah, he went into a whole tizzy about it he was sitting in his apartment just like literally hunched over like this is unprecedented like we have never even conceived of something like this in the existence of awakened beings so even he even broke the bounds of the reawakening system which in and of itself is super rare so i i caught it but it was so brilliantly subtly telegraphed throughout the show and it felt very grounded that even from just the training during the raid and everything People are looking at him like, wait, wasn't he was wasn't he just like this strong a second ago? How is he now like what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> right, but I think what they did is they did they call they had that also that term called the false rankers, right? Similar yes. to um in Sword Art Online where they had the fake fake beta players or whatever where they pretended the to not players. be beta Sand players. Baggers. Right, right. Sand what do they call them? <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's no, he I had call. like a weird term for it. It was like cheater, beta cheater, beta like the, cheaters the, or something. The like beta that? cheaters because they all hated him because they had extra time in the game. And well, but, they were they were blaming him because 
they were saying, okay, beta players should have already completed the game, but they're just waiting for us to like do it all for them, basically. Right. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. So right. to answer why I think that that situation happened was, um, I think Japan hunters, which are notoriously much stronger than Korea, oh yeah, um, were really just there to evaluate them. But I think they did mention, um, you know, remember Sung Jin Woo, our, our main character. I don't, this is the first time we've mentioned it. <laughs> um, but he, he said um, there was one point. Um, okay. First of all, this is going to be spoilers. We're 48 minutes in. If you if you are like buying into the hype right now that, that we're espousing, I urge you to start reading. Please watch. Um, please watch. Please listen. Because I need to get into yeah. spoilers to really kind of explain this point. Anywho, so spoiler warning, you've been warned. Uh, I love this. You should read it too. Okay, so um, he mentions at one point, because, you know, he's been like really relying on his necromancy skill at some point, right? And his his armies are kind of doing everything for him, but he does some hand-to-hand combat, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? Like, you can let your guys do that. And he says, yeah, but then I would get rusty. And so I think what what we were seeing there is these people that are kind of switched from S-rank hunter to president of a guild and they're sort of doing more of the you know the the administrative stuff behind guild running yeah we're kind of not as sharp with their physical abilities or with their talents and stuff like that so it seems like you can your power level might be like kind of constant but your maybe your proficiency with that power can wane uh. and so that's what i th- thought that they were doing with that uh, i buy into that i can buy i can buy yeah but and that that's kind of why the ultimate hunter Joy Jung In, the guy that was the head of the hunters, you notice how he was always in the front lines and the A ranked striker squad of his of his crew, right? He was always still going in, he was always still doing the work, yeah. which is I think to that point, maybe he understood that more than others. He was always still making sure he was sharp, which is very interesting to me after you said that. Right. Yeah. I'm dude, this freaking oh my god, I love this thing. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, tell me it's not like the sickest thing ever. Like, all the guilds are fun. The fact that, you know, Korea had a S rank basically stolen away from them from a, from an A rank, or from, a, sorry, the U.S. offered him more money yes. to go to the yeah. U.S. than to stay in Korea. So, Korea is looking that as that as like a shame, yeah. right? So, then when other S rank hunters come up, they like are doing their best to try to make sure they stay in Korea. And it, I don't know, there's just like this whole kind of, this tension and conflict. Well, it's like a, around it's a the national globe. security issue for all these countries, yes. right? Because it's, they don't want to be caught with their pants down when an S gate opens up, and they have to give up territory, like with Jeju Island. Yes, that's a good point. It's just like it's so. It feels so realistic and so like fantasy at the same time. I still wanted. I still wanted to ask any of these questions because I've been thinking about these questions. I meant to ask you, <laughs> but I didn't get around to texting today. But two questions about Sung Jin Woo. One plot, one more fun. Plot-wise, the one the, I don't even call, I wouldn't even call it a gripe. I would just call it a discussion piece where it's evident that shows that a pull that employee edge do so just for edge's sake. And there is no denying that our main character definitely exhibits some of these. You know, I'm an edgy character. Sure. I'm losing humanity. Do do you feel that they did that well, or do you feel that there's maybe a little bit of overplaying there? No, I mean, I I definitely felt that as well. Like, if if I, I I would definitely say that it's uh it's a really awesome IP, but certainly with its flaws, and that would be one of them. Where, um, it just um, 
uh, it's like super. You know, if you look at the character when he was first shown in the manhwa and how he was, uh, how he mm-hmm. looks, and he was like super, like weak and uh, kind of quiet and, and kind of a, I don't know, it's, it's a bit of an eeyore, right? Just super, a, a yeah. super sap. Um, and then he turns into a total edge lord. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's literally a necromancer, dude. That that, that was the thing that hit me, man. Is this like? <laughs> I mean, you're right. He he went from uh, this whole show is about going from weak to freak, right? He's going, he's literally insane. Um, but they added that element of him slowly using, like losing little bits of his humanity along the way. It. I first thought, yeah, this feels like it's turning into an edge lord situation. But then I backtracked when you know we're already in spoiler city when he helped his mom. He didn't completely lose his humanity. There's still obviously his overarching humanitarian goals with his family and making sure they're protected. So I think instead of it being an edgelord situation, it's literally, you know, what does it take to become the strongest? If he were to keep these uplifting, typical shonen MC, you know, ideals, then it would kind of fall back into tropish, right? He would be resilient in all in the face of this. By the merit of, I'm always happy-go-lucky, follow me, gang. But that's not here. That's not what this is. Yeah, I, he, it, yeah, I think they also add a, uh, a fair amount of well-placed uh, moments of humor to kind of show that maybe he's not, a, uh, he's not an edgelord, but he's more like oblivious to certain things. Uh, like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Big Manwa trope. Okay, I want to respond to this really fast, though, the edgelordness. So I I would say in the beginning, we literally see that he's been castigated ever since he got E-rank as the world's weakest hero. And they talk shit to him constantly. It's pretty shitty, yeah. His mom is in a coma because she's gotten the eternal sleep disease, which basically only comes about by being in close proximity to somebody who's been awakened. So imagine the guilt he must be feeling. Right. That potentially he's the cause for his mom's eternal sleep. And he's also, you know, not been able to really like protect his sister as well as he would like, right? So the only reason he's being a hunter is to try to make money so that he can keep paying his mom's, you know, hospital bills and then also make sure his sister has like a worry-free life. And so I think to me that instantly kind of made me feel like, you know, this character has a little bit more than meets the eye. I don't think he's quite just like pure edge lord. I think the 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 times where you start feeling that is like when he changes his whole style, <laughs> right? And and you yeah. know his haircut, all of a sudden he looks like so trendy and he's got these like insane eyes and stuff like that. But I think the overall kind of plot here and and really the the depth of the story and and this seems to be also kind of a a trope, which I'll get into in a second, but is this Nietzsche, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. Right. Yeah, there's that actual kind of like, quote in that, yeah, in one of those chapters. It was an interesting one. Too. Right. So, so like when you start kind of living in this dark world, the darkness seeps in, essentially. And I think, you know, even we see that when he's, you know, see other like shadows and stuff like that, that he's kind of dealing with. They call him, what is he, like the demon lord or something like that? Uh, they call him a yeah. That's a he's like demon slayer, demon slayer, the monarch. Yeah, the, that's the, it, the yeah, shadow, yeah. Monarch. shadow monarch. Yeah, something like that. 
which I cannot tell you how insanely hype I am for whatever that arc is going to be. Well, they're finally going to explain it. in for it. Which, yeah. is, which yes. is, I think, it, to, uh, to the Manhua's merit, it's the type of thing where, you know, as someone who, like, you know, watches these things, I'm like, I want to know what the origin is. And they totally glossed over that. And it, the entire, you know, Manhua, the storyline was about him growing. And I totally forgot that I was curious to see what this system was or who kind of orchestrated this this sequence of events. And finally, we're going to find out. So I'm, I'm pretty hype about that, too. Oh, dude, what yeah. you just said, I, I, do have to br- I do have to bring this up because I found it. I, maybe I didn't even mean to catch it, but then I started looking for it when I did. The game system, the menus, his skills, the the subtlety of hinting at what's to come in those menus are fucking brilliant. They showed job colon question mark many chapters before he even knew what a job change quest was. They showed they showed AP before he even knew what that was. This system was literally giving us the audience little hints of what's to come just if you're looking close enough as like a meta a meta foretelling and i that was for me like one of the strengths of this show is that subtlety of foretelling of what it is i mean even the fact that the way they do, the way they did the whole player thing where like oh you hear voices too like and they don't explain it but the thing is you don't really care you know it's there and they let it sit in the back of your mind till they bring it up again Everything is so calculated in this IP that only works on paper, I think. I don't know if that subtlety would even work in an anime. It will, I think. They'll do it in an interesting way, but I don't know. It's so, just, yeah. I 100% agree with you. I think it is almost going to be too subtle and too detail-oriented to make a good anime. That's, Thank you that for sucks saying for that. me to feel. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> but I it's totally just so... That. Like, think about how in-depth this thing was. Like, they explained everything to the absolute fucking nines at this point. Like, that we're at right now. There's really only a few questions left that we have. And it's really like, how is the world going to evolve? I think is that is where we're at in this kind of story that, you know, we're sitting at right now at this point in the story. But I just, I don't think it's going to translate well. It's going to be very much like the God of High School, except even more so because there's so much more information in this this IP than there is in like a God of High School or even a Tower of God, even though we got like maybe 1% in Tower of God of, of what really is going on. But I mean, this one, I just don't know how they're going to do it. I, I right. want them to do it well. Um, it's a minimum 24 episode season, right? <laughs> like easy. Oh, sure. Three seasons, please. Three seasons, please. And I meant to ask y'all, if you were to pick a studio to take this on, knowing the lofty goal of making this work in an anime, what what <laughs> studio would you choose? I can only think Madhouse. Maybe Bones. I was even thinking then, like a MAPPA. I, I, you know, I was... I Before God of High School, I would have said MAPPA. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but remember, Dora Hedera, yeah, right? I'm just saying just it's not a guarantee. It depends on the timing. It's... Yes, it's not a guarantee. It's not a quality guarantee. 100%. Here's here's what I think is going to be the telling point. If if this season of Attack on Titan is unbelievable, it has a very Attack on Titan feel to me, the art, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a little bit more adult, um, aggressive, a- more... Angular. In, I don't know. 
Yeah, Angular. I think if if this season of Attack on Titan is unbelievable like we expect it to be, then I think that's a great place for it to go. Um, Madhouse, this feels very Madhouse, I'll be honest, the art style. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, but Let's give it to honestly, Studio Nut. Madhouse hasn't done a lot recently, and it's <laughs> it's kind of hard <laughs> to really know what the state of Madhouse is these days. I'll give it to Studio Nut, no problem. They can handle <laughs> without a problem. But the, the other question I want to ask y'all, if you were to take one skill from our main Ooh. character, what would you take? One skill, not necessarily the whole gaming system, not a strength or anything, but one of the skills he's picked up. What would be your take? I'll tell you mine what you're thinking. Definitely the the shadow switching that he got. Wait. That'd be dope exchange? as a, Yeah, shadow exchange. I would take that in a heartbeat. That is so OP because he already at this point could probably make close to 200. So he can literally just have them stationed out. And as long as they don't die, he doesn't lose Wait, mana. Wait, but hold on. Don't you need shadow the shadow pressure. skill yes. before you can use the shadow exchange skill? Damn it, Eddie. <laughs> Damn it. You got me there. Jesus yeah, I so. Christ! I think I think the right answer here is Don. I was gonna touch. say that. Oh yeah, no you're right. mana required. You're right. Literally and telekinesis. I, yeah, I think if you do it right, you can fly. Like, if you know what I mean? I think I think there's a way that you could maybe say you you dominators touch something across the room. Why can't you pull yourself to it if it's what? heavier? Or push <laughs> or push away like you did with the demon, right? Oh, that's true. He moved mid air because he, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't pull towards it, so he used his touch to use the recoil to get himself away in a mid air dodge. That's rad as fuck. Yeah, you know what? I switched my answer. I I that's totally telekinesis is always sick. I think dominator's touch is always the right answer because every other skill requires mana, and in this in this thought experiment, you don't know how strong you are. You don't know how much mana you you have. That's fair. <laughs> I, I would also take. I I would also take his leveled up speed. Would be pretty fucking rad. True. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Like that'd be that. That seems low level enough that I don't have oh, to spend too much mana on it. But he has some what some passive skills. I'm reading off of the wiki, by the way. Yes. Oh, he does. So he has. Yeah, he, uh, I want the um, longevity, which uh, makes him immune to all diseases, poisons, and status effects. No COVID. Uh, no, no, yeah, no COVID, but no booze either. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not really sure I want to live that life. I'm not really sure I want to live that one. No, no, diseases? but longevity does seem pretty fucking. De- well, no intoxicants. Remember, he was he was drinking with his sister. Oh, he can't shit. drink. He can't drink. Fuck. Yeah, see, that's a double edged sword right there. You're that's right. Perfect, no, n- bro. You can you can be the coolest guy on earth, and you don't even have to get drunk. <laughs> that's for actually it. fair. You can go into any drinking contest and literally take people down shot by shot, and you're just like. Come at me. I'm still I'm good. Let's test right now. I'm fine. Okay, so I think it's time for me to blow your your guys' freaking let's gourds. Let's bring let's, it on. Let's wrap it up with the mind fucking. Okay, blow. so well actually first let me let me I I want both of you to explain like I haven't really like followed up with y'all as like your opinions on, on it so far. So I want to hear each of you first. Let's hear Eddie. Wait, my opinion on what? On on the sh- I guess the IP in oh, general. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Like, I, I wouldn't have just binged this, this whole thing if I didn't think so. Uh, I'm... I'm <laughs> I hoped. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, super excited to see where it's going. I honestly, I have my own theories, and I think that the monsters are... Like, he's very much becoming part of the monster faction. I don't know if, if, you, if you could call it yes. that, because... 
if you uh, when he goes through that um, like that ultimate demon hell wherever and he remember he hires that girl or he ki- essentially kidnaps that girl to uh, act as a guide for him oh as e- e- Essel best yeah, girl yeah, yeah. I'm in for it and yeah. uh, he realizes that he's sharing XP with her which means that she is bound to level up and change as well and then if you look at the ants they were leveling up too uh, so I think that it's going to be interesting to see how the humans who cannot change and who cannot upgrade their abilities are going to battle the the monsters who can. Um, so I have a theory yeah. about this, and, and and this is going to tie into me blowing your gourds. But <laughs> but Ricky, go ahead first. Tell me tell me what you think. If I had to put my reaction to the scale IP, of E to S. Uh, double S. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's but, hot. But, but here, but here's the thing. Two words, unfortunately good. And we kind of already touched on this <laughs> point. Fuck? We just said we can't even imagine how a studio could <coughs> even match the the subtlety, the preciseness, everything, how refined this IP feels in this form. That it's so good, unfortunately, as much as I want an adaptation, I don't know if an anime version of this show could even live up to what I'm reading. And I think that might be, for the first time in my life, I understand manga readers. It, made me, when they it say, makes me nervous, too. You know, like, right, doesn't yeah. it, though? Because, And that's what I'm saying. This is so good that you can't even imagine it in a in an animated form and that's how good i think this ip is it it's it feels like a shonen of a new wave like it's 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 a more refined shonen they have everything on lock all the tropes are there but also some subverted some applied in a very new novel way they've they've managed to make this bundle of incredible tropes and then spin it in such a way that it feels so incredibly fresh i mean like I I I'm stymied. I'm stymied at, at this could even exist. So when an adaptation exists, <laughs> I'm gonna be happy but also sorrowful because I know in my heart. So I'll take the double won't. S. <laughs> yeah. No. I, but no. I'm so it, I, yeah, that's it. I, I totally agree with you. I think there, this might be a situation where you almost have to go long running show to be able to yeah. fill as much de- um as much detail as as you would need for something like this to pop absolutely off. But the only studio who can do that is Periot, and they're absolutely buried. So I just don't see it happening in a, I guess, satisfying way, which definitely bothers me and worries me, right? Just like you guys are saying. Okay, Mm -hmm. but now I get to respond and and kind of blow your gourds. So there is a- You've been saying that forever. I want to hear it. I know. I get to now. (laughs) So there is another webtoon called The Gamer. Mm Mm-hmm. It is basically the baby version of solo leveling. So it really? it has a lot, like literally, I this is what I think solo leveling is and why it feels so good, is it is a refinement of like things like The Gamer, things like One Punch Man, things like Hunter Hunter. It's literally like what we've always been looking for is like a combination of all these amazing IPs in a way where they explain everything it feels great. The you know even the setting and all the stuff around like different uh, interactions between you know global powers is all explained well. So basically, the idea of the gamer is 
this kid named Jihan Han is given this ability to be like a game character. It's just random as shit. But he finds out that there's this thing called the Abyss. So it's basically this underworld of about, <laughs> surprisingly enough, like 1% of the <laughs> of the population also lives in the Abyss. Shocker. And it's basically like this under underworld kind of thing with different martial arts guilds, different, you know, mages, stuff like that, right? But his ability is called the game. Well, it's obviously to be a game, like a game character, but he's got these two passive abilities called Gamer's Mind and Gamer's Body. Gamer's Mind means that he can he can't be scared. Essentially, like he can get scared for a second, but he won't like stay scared. So he's never like hmm. completely fucked. And then his body is basically impervious to damage. Like he'll take HP damage and he can die, but it yeah, won't like show on his body. Oh, yeah, he okay. also can't be poisoned. He can't do these kind of things, which, as you mentioned very recently, neither can Sung Jin Woo. Yes. And so what I really think is they p- cherry-picked a lot of these abilities um, from Jihan Han and the gamer, and they gave them to Sung Jin Woo in a way that is explained much better. So the problem with... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some parallels and I'll tell you some differences here. But so the parallels is, it, it, and this seems to be like a trope as far as I can tell with Koreans in general and Korean um, manhwa, which is, and they mention this a lot in, in the gamer, is like Korea loves to grind in games and like level up essentially. Like they mention it a so billion times. Yes. It. I love grinding yes. in games. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hold on. And, and, and is that, and is that like, why you brought me on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> no, Eddie is like, I feel this so hard in my body right now. Yes. No, yes. I mean, that's that's so true. I mean, there, Korea has had like, you know, these like issues with gaming uh, and addictive gaming all the time. But yes, continue. <laughs> right. W- which Whoa. I am definitely like very um, well versed in because I, you know, I care about esports a lot and stuff like that. And, and this is like rife in that community. You know yeah. what I mean? The like, let's just say. 24 hour Adderall binges just so that you can, you know, win your LCS game or something like that, or, you know, playing Diablo 40, you know, whatever, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> so Jihan Han has the ability to basically make these things called um, instant dungeons, jun- yeah, dungeons, which is basically like a gate. He goes in and he basically can, can farm like say zombies in the, in the first couple episodes where he, he kind of beats them all, he gets items, he gets real-world money and, like, some weird stuff. There's this there's this, like, this global system about why why that can't happen for other people and only him, because he's the gamer, you know what I mean? Right, but, right. But there's this interesting concept where if he has a friend and he invites them to his party in his, like, gamer management system that like, sure. only he can see, yeah, they also now can use his powers... They can also learn techniques, and it's not supposed to be like that, right? It's very, it's very much like the solo leveling world where you're sort of, you're not capped off, but your your trajectory is much slower, let's just say. And he has the ability to essentially exponentially level. That's and so, fascinating to me. when they go in as a party, quote unquote, they each level up, and that's not how it normally works, right? Like. Normally, it's like normal martial arts where you have to train your whole life and then you make some, you get to some point. But when yeah, but people you, join his yeah. squad, they're able to level up. 
And so what I'm thinking is going to happen is there's going to be some some form of that mechanic in solo leveling uh. that's going to allow, let's okay. say, let's say that, that C-ranked guy that he's formed a guild with, they're going to go on, there's going to be some way that they're going to be able to go to some place and something's going to happen where he's going to be able to like create a party with him now that they're actually in a guild together. And I feel like there's going to be some oh. some some XP sharing. I think that so I I almost think that to spur that on plot wise, they're going to face a threat so large that even Sung him Jin and Woo all his shadows can't right, do it. He can't. They can't do it. So he's going to have to reveal his abilities to some of these stronger S ranks, like national treasure level hunters, and they form a guild that's like this international superpower to combat a worldly threat, which given the found foundations that they've already given us now, international threats are very, very possible. So ev- that would feel natural. Okay, you have officially blown my mind a bit. My, my gourd's been blown a little bit. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, it's hard to explain without like fully, fully diving into the whole story, but it I is it, basically it. a the rudimentary version of solo leveling. And, like, having read both now, like, I can tell you, like, without a shadow of doubt, they pulled a lot of the concepts from this IP and refined them to, like, just an absolute diamond plat version. And that's what we're kind of reading in solo leveling. But do I still really enjoy the gamer as well. It's really well done. And definitely, like, I can, obviously, like I said, tell us, like, kind of the predecessor um, the art style is definitely more rudimentary because it was it started in 2013, not in 2018. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. So it looks yeah. like uh, definitely, definitely it looks like bad deviant art, fan art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's really like very RPG, very Dungeons and Dragons. So I think you would like it, actually, Ricky. I am so um, here for Dungeons and Dragons. You already tickled the fancy. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I'm just like so happy that y'all have read this so that I have people to talk about it with. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. But it's that it's that time at the end, you know, we have to give it a one, 0 to 100 rating. I think uh Eddie should ceremoniously go first. If you had to rank this IP 0 to 100, yeah. You know, solo levels, what where would you I put would it? I'd give it a I'll give it a 92, let's say. Woo! That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. I'm sorry to uh, pin you down and make you give like a little bit more, you know, granularity than other shows. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm striking out against all those nine out of teners because it's like such a of cop out, yeah. right? It's like, well, <laughs> we it's go sort of like S rank, yeah, right? No oh, it's S rank. Okay, well, no <laughs> is that good? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I I gotta. I'm gonna give it a flat. 90 out of 100 Venom Daggers. I mean... You guys I, I are think, absolutely wrong. <laughs> hold on. I, I think as it... Go, like I said, it's steadily climbing. It is level... My rating is solo leveling up with every chapter. Slowly but surely. Like, it will be a hard 95, maybe in like season two. Right. Of the... That's of the wild, webtoon. dude. Okay, okay. Money where your mouth is, Ethan. This is a 99... <laughs> Y'all should absolutely read it. Holy shit. That's and the it would be 100 if you would have uh, got with that other S rank check by now. Miss Cha? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she was. Is... Yeah. Okay, so I, I thought... did want to ask you this, and, and we talked about this, uh, you know, kind of 
in in DMs, but is it like a like a Korean in general kind of trope to be just completely oblivious to all these girls that love you? Because uh, like in, hair, in both the gamer trope. and in solo leveling, it seems like they're both completely oblivious to like all these girls like basically being in their harem. I I don't know. I, I like I, I haven't watched uh I haven't read enough manhwa to tell you that. Uh I can tell you that yeah. in some K dramas that that's certainly a trope that's common. Uh or that I've seen a, okay. a few times, but I don't know. I, I think maybe it's just like a, a bit of a fantasy that that's being shown here of like the male who's just like super cool and just completely essentially ascetic, right? Like completely devoted to a particular uh, lifestyle that, um, but he he essentially has it all, even if he doesn't realize it, right? Like essentially, like he has the right. money, he has the women, yeah. even if he is not focused on that at the, at that time. Um, it's like a little so, cringy, but you know what? What, what can what can <laughs> you what can say, you do? <laughs> I was gonna say like literally in his first weeks of training, like that nurse came in and saw him shirtless, and he was like shredded to fuck and she's like can i get your number please thank you thank you so much um and she never ethan, called him what the fuck ethan what the heck like <laughs> we watched tokyo ravens and our main character was oblivious to all of his harem shit so i mean yeah that that, that i think that just exists in any kind of romance you know yeah it's just that I, I the the three manhwa i've read basically have this insane insanely heavy like maybe it's just in general shonen like i think that's pretty fair but it seems like you know there's not really like the sundere kind of trope that i've seen so far um oh you're there right can be it's, like it's, yeah, right, yeah okay i see where you're coming from it's, it's there's no there's no sundere there's no active energy of babababaka you know like it's exactly clearly, they they de- like any person with two eyeballs and two ears can tell like oh they, they're hot and bothered but like yeah i can okay i i'm in your camp like now. they'll all fail covid tests just because of you know <laughs> they're all above 99 degrees <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah every, everyone go fu- everyone go fucking read this ip like you just got three straight 90 pluses like that's that's unheard of <laughs> unheard of that's that's incredible um but yeah honestly Thank you for coming to class. This is one of I our. I just love it my, so much. Ethan, Ethan was <laughs> so hype on this, and, it, and I there's he has reason for it. This is one of the greatest IPs in terms of like action, f- sci-fi, fantasy kind of thing, and uh, I'd be remiss if you guys don't go do that. So uh, thank you, Eddie, so much for coming uh, on. Is there anything you, you want to plug? Anything you want to? Yeah, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to shout out for Anime Compost? Go listen to their podcast, by the way. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, just so just good. that Anime Compost. Uh, we're on Instagram, but also you can find us on, uh, you know, Spotify, wherever you you listen to podcasts, iTunes. They're everywhere. And uh, when's Carb Daddy Carb coming out? Daddy. Yeah, I've taken a, a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. break from that. Um, oh, I'm, I'm still baking, but uh, just more. I don't know. I'm not baking sourdough anymore. I'm baking uh, some English Damn. muffins. Eddie's sourdoughs were... I would have invested. Ooh, Eddie's sourdoughs were off the chain. <laughs> My God. Un- I, you you know what? I, I passed even. the 200-pound mark uh, last week. No, have so ev- ev- <laughs> all that all those carbs. Ev- no, 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 not not me. But I e- ever since <laughs> ever. Sorry, I should have I should have uh, I misspoke. He's baked two hundred pounds. I baked two hundred pounds of flour. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. what? Whoa! How did you blow up that much? 
I'm more impressed you're tracking your flower usage. That to me is well. I'm tracking. Uh, I'm ordering by the fifty pound bags. So <laughs> I I'm counting how many oh, bags I've ordered. Oh, okay. I yeah. feel you. I feel you. See, so you you've ordered four and then some. So you've, you're on your fifth yes, bag at this correct. point. Correct. Wow. <laughs> what a milestone. What a blessing. I'm so here for that. But in terms of our show. If you want to listen with your eyes and your ears, hit us up on YouTube. Hello, YouTube gang. This might be an animated episode. I don't know. We've had a lot of uh, hour-long animated episodes we'll have to be rendering. And by golly, that's a rendering feat. Um, But if you want to listen with your ears and not your eyes, check us out anywhere you find your podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and anywhere else. Um, Leave us a five-star review on Apple or like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Helps us get on other people's recommended so they get all the anime content. Instagram, at Lebology.podcast. Memes on memes on news and sometimes giveaways. Ethan, what's our Twitter? At WeBallyGP. Yes, name will never change. It's too good. If you want to drop us a line, just say hi or tell us an anime that we have to watch. WeBallyGPodcast at gmail.com. You know, uh, like we said in, in past episodes, just tell us how great we are. I know we're not sure too full of ourselves, but, you know, it's nice to hear. <laughs> I'm just it's saying, nice it. sometimes it's nice to hear. <laughs> sometimes it's nice to hear. It's a, it's a great time. And if you ever want to give us some monetary love, only if you can, patreon.com slash rebology, one dollar and up, get you into our fantastic Discord. Eddie's in there. You can talk to him about all the solo leveling shit you want to. And three dollars and up get you our exclusive side content, the inner lab sanctum syllabus sidebar. Lo-fi, high vibes. Just life talk. Sometimes anime, but sometimes not. <laughs> Did <laughs> you like really? work on that? No, that was honestly off the rip. That little slogan. <laughs> No, you were the one who said lo-fi high fives. Lo-fi high I knew fives. that, but then you said like two more rhyming things. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm just feeling it. Because it's you know growing. who we are? Yeah, it's growing. And you know who we are? We're just three rude dudes being crude and, you know, maybe in the nude. But you'll never know it because we're not on camera this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but think honest- we've said that yet in an episode, so... It will we be totally very have confusing. The, la- the last two we have. I don't want to hear it out of you. I don't want to hear it. I just don't know if any <laughs> of the, if the ones have been released yet. Is all I'm saying. But by the time this one comes out, they will. Good have. point. It will have yes. been established. I'm just thinking maybe Eddie's confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly that's probably true. And until we get him worked up and caught up on all of that, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this was Eddie from Anime Compost. And this has been Weebology. Deuces. Deuces. Eddie, I'm pretty sure you're already leveled now.